Hey, private partners, welcome back to part two. Um, here we are, we're still with the wonderful storytelling, Andy Kidd. Let's go. But I think, but also it was a time of like, you know, there was like no social media, things like that. So people got away with things. But right. as I said, you know, like I said, you know, cut so many years in, you're doing fire festival and things like that, and everything, you know, you thought everything was going to go right. And I know I keep going on about it. It's just so interesting from people who, who haven't met you before is that you're then thrown into where you're trying to make all these things happen at fire festival and nothing is going right. Well, can you imagine? I mean, I arrive and I have six weeks before the first guests are arriving. I have six weeks to build a music festival that you should build in 12 months. And there I have six weeks. I'm like, and there's no infrastructure. Mm. We have no plumbing. There's no electricity. There's nowhere for anybody to sleep. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? But I'm like, and they're all looking at me. The pole team, these kids are like wide-eyed. They're like, well, Andy, I've been there one hour. And they're like, what do you think? Are we going to make it? And I'm like, we're going to (laughs) make it. Don't worry. But I said, we're changing the message immediately. The messaging is going to change. This is not a luxury music festival. This is a cool music festival in the Bahamas. You're going to come and sleep in a fucking tent. Your girlfriend's in her beautiful bikini. You're in this cool bathing suit. You're drinking tequila. You're eating fun grilled foods. And you're listening to amazing music. That's it. Twelve hundred bucks, not a bad deal. But no. When did Billy change the messaging for the fucking festival? Ten hours before the first guest oh got there. Oh my god! And then you know, and as you guys know, just to you know, I, I could go on and on and on about no, it. No, if but- anything could go wrong, it went wrong every day. Something went wrong, and I literally had four hundred employees. Every day, I'd have two meetings, and at the end of each meeting, they'd say, "Are you going to pull the plug?" And I'd say, "No, we're going to still keep going." Don't worry, we're going to make it happen. And then I'd close the French doors and I'd step out onto the deck and I'd burst into tears. I'd go, like, oh my God. You know, I got to pull myself together. But I literally was like, I can't fucking believe it. Because Billy just kept pushing it, pushing it, pushing he it. He just had this vision. And I. Did know, he actually have a vision or was it, was he. Well, he, he got it. in so deep at that point. You can imagine. I mean, basically, he borrowed, he got 26 million in investments and to make this happen. But private jets and models and videos and mm. resorts. At one point I looked, I said, Billy, there's 40 of us and we're staying at a resort, which is $800 a night per person. And this is when we're working. Yeah. I mean, how does that financial model work? It doesn't. But Billy controlled all the finances from his iPad. Like none of us were, even a CFO, like Billy was controlling all the money coming in and going out. It was he's money obsessed, right? Oh, so- totally. And he's, it was always... When we were, I was helping him build <clears throat> Magnesis, he's like, Andy, you know, um, first impressions, everything, and images, everything. And so he insisted on buying his Maserati and getting a driver, and, and he, he just wanted that look. He wanted that look the whole <clears throat> but time. But he came yeah. from a good family, but they're hardworking people. But it's like, mom's a banker, and his father was an engineer. You know, they weren't, they weren't, they were, they did fine. They lived but he in had a nice this vision home. of wanting to be this person that Absolutely. He, yeah. And he had this affinity for rappers. And so, I mean, and but, Ja Rule is an, is an odd choice. <laughs> you go for, it's like you would go, okay, I'm going to get, like, Jay-Z. He said no. Okay, I'm going to get. Because we produced Ja. Ja came to perform for us is for it Ja? Is it Ja? Ja, Ja. Ja, Ja. Ja Rule. Ja came to, you think Ja Rule. Yeah, no, no, no. Ja, boom. And then Ja, like, featured me in one of his latest songs, like, insulting me. It's like, sounds Are like you, a, do you I really? don't know. You've had a diss. Something. You've had a diss. You need to, you need to respond with a track. <laughs> no, because, jeez, uh, yeah, I should. Did you? What, what was the track? What was, was the this? track? Have you, have you heard it? What, what, what's the line? Something about Andy Sutton Day. <laughs> what? Something about Andy Sutton Day. I don't know what you're talking about. 
<laughs> Sucking dick. So as you viewers know, let's talk about the white elephant in the room. It's okay. a big elephant. Okay, okay, and it's a yeah. big black dick in the Bahamas, obviously. <laughs> but I was going to suck to free up 200,000 plastic Evian water bottles in which I don't allow plastic at any of my events because I'm a zero-waste event planner. But I was in Bermuda the weekend before because I was hosting the opening ceremonies for the America's Cup there, and um, I missed the meeting where he, Billy had cut the deal with Evian, mm. who became a major sponsor. And so there it was in one of these big meetings, and then the phone rings. Billy wasn't at most of the meetings. He's like, Andy, um, I need you to I need a favor. I'm like, well, what's that? And he said, can you... Well, I was hoping you could take a big one for the team. And I'm like, you don't think I take a big one every day? Oh, my God, this is a fucking living nightmare. It's like, well, um, will you go suck Brian Cunningham's dick? Now, that's no, a head of custom. This is the and ultimate I'm like, test of this your... This is it. Life. And I'm like, after 30 fucking years of being the successful event planner, this is my crescendo. Funny. Yeah, I'm critical. now the blowjob king of the world. Super. This is my accolade. Yeah, that's what I want on my tombstone. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? But you know what? It wasn't like he said, go find nine vaginas and sleep with them. Like, one dick I can handle. I'm a gay guy. You I don't you mind sucking dick. You as well, right. so you can't like, say no. You so have fine. to solve it. I will suck the dick, right? Whatever. But I'm like, Billy, you're kidding, right? He's like... I'm not kidding. I'm like, you're kidding. I mean, really, like, first of all, Brian's not very cute. I don't even think he's gay. He's like, no, man, I think he's gay. This is, I'm like, oh, God. All right. I think he's Yeah, I think. Yo, this is the test. Yeah. And then what do you do? Like, I'm like, okay, well, so I drove home. I was totally nervous, you know, and that's the story. Like, I, I took a shower. I changed my clothes, and then I... I, Put on I, something I, nice, I, and I and then I do, and then I drank some mouthwash, and everybody's like, "Well, why would some. you? Do, why, why would you take mouthwash?" I'm like, "Well, have you ever <laughs> have you ever had somebody suck your dick with bad breath and it's left on your body for a while? It's just not pretty." And I can't believe I'm talking about this out loud, but this is what happened. Yeah, right. So I'm like, "No, oh, I will douche my mouth with," and I got to his office fully prepared to suck his dick. And obviously, that one stupid line, and this is what happened. Like, I had eight hours of interviews with Netflix in my, on our farm, you know, in our barn, everything's fine. And I mean, finally, I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta stop. This is, you know, and, and the cameras are going down, and then I'm like, okay, phew. And I look at Chris Smith, the director, and I'm like, Chris, well, I should probably just tell you one last story, you know. But then, because um, there's no cameras on me, of course, yeah, no cameras. Yeah, no like cameras. 90 behind me. I mean, I don't know, 50 microphones. I'm like, well, just want to tell you this little story. And of course, boom, you know. <laughs> the next day, I call my business partner, and he's like, you didn't tell the blowjob story, did you? I'm like, mm, no, I, well, I did at the end. You didn't, you know. And then, boop, Jessica, my lawyer, Andy, you didn't tell the blowjob story. I'm like, mm, oh, I did. Well, your career's over. You're ruined. No. And I'm like, wow, you know, so call Chris Smith, you know, and they've been in the editing room for days, and Chris is like, Andy, can't take it out. Like, you don't understand, like, as you know, I mean, Fire was probably one of the top-selling streamed documentaries in Netflix's history, yeah, going yeah, into, yeah, like, yeah. 80 million homes around the world. Much to I can't go anywhere <laughs> without people like, well, now Carol fucking Baskins has taken over my, little, <laughs> my fame. Yeah, but, Andy, also, I don't think you should, I, I don't, like, it, it's whatever, but... um. But also the great thing that made you kind of an icon, it was an iconic moment. And also we, the audience, as the audience here, we felt for you, right? Because well, this we is really it. did feel I think, for yeah, you. We can all relate being in yeah. situations where you feel well, like Well, you're you like, you're to trying do to do anything, anything to yeah. save something. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> and at the end of the day, it gets kind of got a little scary for us because I'd go to some really prominent events and I can't, I won't name, you know, a lot of too many Hollywood people, but like a couple publicists, you know, who represent some of my good friends that are very famous, um, they'd say, you know, 
I don't think you should be hanging around with Andy right now. He's toxic. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I'm toxic, you know. Oh, or we're at a big right. event and an older woman comes up and everybody's like, oh my God, it's Andy King. Andy King is a big circle around me. And she's like, well, am I supposed to know you? And they're like, he's the guy from the fire festival. And she's like, oh, you're that scammer? I'm like, oh, a no. scam. There's only one person in the world that was scamming anybody. It was Billy McFarlane and he's in prison. Yeah. The rest of us never got paid. I didn't even have a signed contract. And so what happened? But you get for, the backlash. And you said it was PTSD frog fire. Oh, festival. my and, God. And, and, and just this is, on and on and on. And I, you know, every day it was like, oh, my word. Listen, all I was doing was trying to do my best. And what I accepted in my mind, I said I would do the documentary for Netflix to create a vehicle to pay back everybody in the Bahamas. And that... We started two GoFundMe's, as you guys know. And then I went on Andy Cohen, and I was on all these talk shows, and I'm like, oh, my God, we reached a goal. We did this. We did that. Um, going through this process, I find out that, like, I'm, like, one of the only people that didn't get fucking paid for the documentary. Oh, when I asked all my people, oh, wait, you didn't no get one points? gets paid. I didn't get a penny for the documentary. Can you imagine how much money Netflix yeah. has made off a of fire? Yeah. Are you kidding me? And, you know, and then their head of publicity is like, Andy, you know, You've gotten a little bit uppity. And I'm like, uppity? Like, try to be me. I can't go to a restaurant. I can't go to a bar anymore. I can't. I am, ah. It's swarmed. I said, I've lost all my anonymity. And I agreed to do this because I wanted to pay back everybody in the Bahamas. And so at the end of the day now, my job as a famous person is to try to, which you guys are doing every day, which is to try to make the world a, a more positive place. And so yeah. the sadness is that COVID hit. And so... Yeah, I had eight TV show offers. I had four podcast offers. I, boom, we shot the first show. I'm flying around the world saving events that are going wrong, on and on, and then boom, COVID hits. Well, I as you mentioned, the, there's no that. events, obviously. I'm not flying around the world doing anything. And I really, you know, ha have been, I've been doing a lot, obviously, via Zoom, you know, the new world of Zoom for the last two and a half years. But ironically, right before COVID, I had booked a three-month tour through the UK to speak to like 30 universities. Mm. And so one of the things... It, it about, got, about sustainability? or No, about, well, yeah. we'd touch on sustainability, but I had done... I was a keynote speaker at Social Media Week in LA and then Social Media Week in New York. And <clears throat> I get up on stage, you know, and I say, listen, how would you like to be one of the most visible failures in pop culture today? And I'm like, yeah. Andy... It's not you. And I'm like, well, it became me because I became the most famous fucking meme in the world. Mm. Yeah. And Billy McFarlane's gone to prison and everybody's forgetting about him. Now they focus on Andy King. And I said, yeah. guess what? What do you do with that? Well, you get a bucket of lemons and you better make the best fucking lemonade that anybody has ever drunk. And so I wow, get on stage now. Advice. That's such and, good advice. But Jamie, here's the cool piece is that I did this speech and I don't know, some professor saw it and then I immediately got the call from an agent here in London. They're like, Andy, we want to book you on this big tour because I get on stage and I say, well, guess what? People fucking fail mm, every yeah. day. Yeah. And Wall Street doesn't like to talk about it and Hollywood doesn't like to talk about it, but they do fail. And you learn more from your failures than you do your successes. And so I get on stage and I say, students, Get out there and fucking fail. Yeah, totally. Get out there and take a job with a startup that's trying to make this world a better place. Forget these big, big corporations. <laughs> Don't fail your are, exams, though. Pass those. Oh, geez, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the professors, and the, they loved it because in their curriculum, like today's world, 
all the kids are coddled. And mom, can I come home this weekend? And yeah, we, our we, parents we, we, we are like, get the fuck out of yeah, here. We You're don't 18. Challenge ourselves. We don't no. challenge ourselves. And they, they're at ri completely risk adverse. So they're like, get over here, Andy, and give this speech to these kids. Get them excited to get out there. Because I get out there, I'm like, listen, yeah, I'm the blowjob king of the world. And they're cheering. They love it. And then I say, get out there and fucking fail. What is the worst thing that's going to happen? You're going to move back in with your parents. Well, most of you have already done it. So mm. listen, what else is going to go wrong? I mean, find something you love to do that is making the world a better place. Find a startup that's doing cool shit. Mm. You may not make all the money in the world to begin with, but guess what? You're doing the right thing and you will love yourself for that. You know? Do you know, Andy, I, I think that, that that is insane advice because, okay, so from an outside perspective, watching that the documentary and seeing the things that get wrong, we could, you know, I, we could spend 24 hours talking about the things that go wrong from everything. But the, the main thing which I didn't even realize is the backlash on you as an individual. And that is it, you didn't do anything wrong. You were just trying to save something that you were hired to do. And the person who was frauding everyone was Billy McFarlane, who's now in prison. But you're so right. You, also, you became the face of it because of a comment that you made almost at the end as a passing comment that made you sort of face it. Everyone goes, oh, that's the guy. And then what people happen, happens is perhaps that they suddenly get an idea, well, perhaps you were in it, perhaps you were scamming. And you spent your whole life building your career, building your um, reputation, building these different things. And as you said, at one moment, because of this fucking festival, people then see you as something else. And that's hard to deal with. Yeah. yeah, that's really hard and to I do. Think, and we touched on it a little bit earlier, but you know, my ethos now is all about sustainability because there I was, the king, you know, the wolf of Wall Street and hosting all these big events, which were very, very wasteful. And in 2014, um, I was blessed to be able to help produce um, a big activation, a big event in New York, which was based around one of the first climate marches where people flew in from all around the world to participate. And we produced Beyonce in Central Park and after the concert, you have never seen so many plastic water bottles and solo cups and garbage on the ground. It was unfucking believable And that was my turning point in 2014, where I said, I will never have plastic at any event ever again, and I will begin this journey. And that's why I'm here in London now working with The Meeting Show and an organization called Isla, and we're launching a virtual course for event planners on sustainability. How do you make your events as close to zero waste as possible? Mm. Well. You know, right before COVID, I hosted a nice dinner for Leonardo DiCaprio for 400 guests. Coldplay performed at dessert. The event was 99.9% .9 zero waste, and it was fucking unbelievable. And I raised over $8 million for climate change at the dinner. And what, so, what yeah. was the 0.1% waste? Is it one of the cold, cold it was, tracks? Was it tampon? <laughs> it's a stupid tampon. I framed it. I still have it. I wear it as a necklace. That, no, you, I don't know. You but, raised eight million in one night. That's yeah. amazing. That's insane. Yeah. How we many, had, how many guests are there? There were about 400 guests. 400 eight million. That's a good. Employees. People. Are, yeah. Well, I, we we <laughs> recruited artists from all around the world who donated these amazing art pieces, and mm -hmm. we and we hosted it at a ranch. And I brought the event to Santa Rosa, California. You guys may remember Santa Rosa because half of Santa Rosa burnt down about yeah, four yeah, years yeah. ago. And so six months after, I said, how can we give back to this community? And Leo loved the idea. We did move it from San Tropez, where he always had the party with the Russians. And you know, anyway, <laughs> the parties always cost 20 million and then give him 20 million to hand out to all his charities. But, but I couldn't quite compete with that. But I said, Leo, your brand is going down the tubes as the spokesperson mm -hmm. for sustainability in Hollywood. Like, you have to bring the party home. We've got to bring the carbon footprint down. And so we were able to do really cool things like, you know, finding a third generation ceramicist who made all the pottery for the 400 guests for the five courses and all the pottery got donated to yeah. 
um, families who'd lost their homes. There were so many things that we did to make it mm -hmm. as close to zero waste as possible. But that is my niche now is the sustainability piece. And, you know, yesterday we're having breakfast with Claire, our good yeah, friend. Yeah, we, we have family friends. We've got mutual friends. We've got mutual isn't friends that, connected. Oh, isn't that fun? Yeah, Cute mutual Claire. friends. And I said, Claire's like, well, Andy, so, you know, no one's really listening now, right? No yeah, one's listening no one to it. Hear. No one yeah. can hear is, You know, <laughs> is there going to be another fire festival? I said, well, you know, maybe. Shut up. Yeah, maybe. No, and, uh, you know, I'm not making any announcements, you know. And so... Wait, because the brand is so recognizable. Bing, bingo. And guess if what? You, if you need the a couple class. of hot influences. And you guess what? The <laughs> and you've got a couple of hot influences right here. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, okay, baby, we're on it. Uh -huh. And then the cute boy who sued me for $100 million, <laughs> <laughs> he, he bought the rights to fire. He bought the... IP, the intellectual property. Who Billy, did? Who did Billy? I'm not saying, no, no, not Billy. No, Someone a, else. A, a boy that was suing me and Billy for $100 million. That is, section, that so, is. And he bought it, thank God. So now we're close friends. Wow, and that's And so smart. I said, okay, um, what do we do? Well, we will do another one. But guess what? The next festival will be as close to zero waste as possible. Amazing. It will be highlighting amazing young people doing incredible stuff. We will have local farmers. It's going to be zero waste because it's not going to happen. <laughs> no, yeah. no. Honestly, it's going to be so sustainable. So sustainable. <laughs> what? You missed the festival? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was incredible. <laughs> Ask nobody. Turn up to an empty field. It's the it's greatest just... party that never, ever, ever. Another yeah. line. Not again. <laughs> He's just in Ja Rule again. Oh, Jesus. Ja. Imagine well, that was. So we produ ja. I produced. Imagine I... turning up and it's just Ja Rule in the field. You're like, oh, I should have fucking done. Well, it'll be better than Rick Ross, that's another story. <laughs> Should I tell one quick story? Yeah, yeah, this course. is a I rocker. You, you will keep, die. You keep talking. I just let you roll because it says you could. Oh your your storytelling God. is second to none. So well, so Billy calls me and says, Andy, um, I want to have a party for all the Magnesis members, like 800 at that point. I'm like, okay, well, sure. And when do you want it? He's like, you know, in two months. I'm like, I can cope with that, whatever. So I go find <laughs> the Brooklyn Savings Bank in New York. And this really sweet couple from Argentina had recently bought it and put $20 million into this building. So it was an old bank, which is now the coolest event space in New York. Mm. And so I go meet with them. And I said, listen, we're going to have 800 preppy kids that are all coming in. They all work for banks and blah, blah, blah. And it's the right demographic for you guys. I said, oh, God, we love it. And I said, you know, we're, we're going to have a performance and we'll have food stations. And OK, great, you know. And so I'm like, Billy, who's performing? And he's like, well, I don't know yet. You know. So a few weeks go by. We're about you know, two weeks out. And um, the phone rings, you know, and it's the owners of the, um, the bank building. And I'm like, Andy, um, Billy's selling tickets. He promised us this was only going to be members only, but he's selling tickets. That can't oh be happening. Gosh. And I'm like, God damn it, Billy, but this isn't typical Billy. So I'm like, I said, Billy, you got, he said, all right, don't worry, I'm taking it down. I'll take it down. We, we're getting the attendance we need. I said, okay, fine. And then one week out, I'm up at our holiday house, you know, and it's Labor Day weekend. It's the end of the summer, you know, phone rings. And it's the owners of the, he said, Andy, we're canceling your event. I'm like, what's going on? He said, well, Apparently, Billy's hired Rick Ross as the entertainment. And I'm like, I don't know who the fuck Rick Ross is. So I immediately said to one of my assistants, can you like Google Rick Ross for me? And of course, like, Rick Ross staged his own drive-by shooting in Hollywood, Florida last month. I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. But he made sure that they didn't kill him, but they just grazed his shoulder. So right. that, you I know. did not know that. But he, oh, yeah. <laughs> just but, made sure he grazed his yeah, shoulder. Yeah, just grazed it, you know. So probably like ruined one of his shirts, you know, and maybe he had a Band-Aid, whatever. But Don't kill him, just graze him with bullets. He staged the shooting. So, of course, it became really controversial. But I think he, like, named different gangs that did it. You know, he made the whole fucking thing up. And so whenever 
there's an announcement in any city that Rick Ross is performing, every police department has to beef up and like add a hundred officers and then extra cars and on and on. And so this poor couple are like, you are not having your party here. Like we're nice people. I'm like, okay, I get it. You know, now like I'm in my car, you know, driving nine hours back to New York to find another fucking facility that's happening. You know, we're having this party in six days. Is this so, all flaggy at the beginning? That oh, should have been a red light, red light, red light. No, but I'm colorblind, you know, so everything's green light to me and uh, whatever. Great. So here we go. I find an abandoned warehouse in Brooklyn and, but I'm like, God, we need to fix this place up a little bit. And I get graffiti artists to come in and they do all the artwork on the walls. It's amazing. And then Rick's team freaked out. They're like, well, it's not gonna be at that bank anymore. I'm like, no, because you guys are fucked up creatures. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, and then they came to look at the warehouse. Like, We're not sure we like this. So I'm like, oh my God, Rick wants, you know, so Rick has Rick wants. good old Rick wants what? Oh my God, you can't imagine. I spent almost a hundred grand in his green room where he wanted like purple M&Ms and like weird sushi from Africa. And I don't know, 500 God, cases God, of some rare place. vodka, you know, <laughs> so this nuts. fucking monster. I mean, I'm like, good God, for four fucking songs. And Billy's like, oh, we're going to pay him 80 grand. I'm like, 80 grand for four songs? Yeah, and it's in cash. And he gave me the paper bag. And we had to meet his people in the park to pay them. And I'm like, and, I don't do this kind of like, I have an ATM card and yes. I have to suck his dick. <laughs> Jesus, no, God. Not Rick Ross. So the, night, <laughs> the nightmare begins. So Rick says, you have to deal with Gucci. I'm like, who's Gucci? His manager, Gucci. Gucci, who wears a Gucci tracksuit, he wears Gucci sneakers, he has a Gucci watch, and a Gucci hat. Like, it's a big fucking joke, but Gucci is Gucci. And I'm like, hey, Gucci, you know, whatever, I don't know what to call him, you know. Well, hi, Gucci. Hanging out with you, Gucci, you know, cool. Here's your fucking money, great, don't kill me now, you know. So we're all buds, everything's going great. And the week before, I'd helped organize a little dinner for my pals, Jay-Z and Beyonce. <laughs> and uh, a little restaurant in Brooklyn had come up with this great idea where they got a caravan, a little Airstream, and they put it in the back courtyard of this restaurant, and they made it like this exclusive place to have dinner for 12 people or less. Mm. And so a friend of mine um, manages Kanye, which is a nightmare, and he married this girl who manages the Beeb, so they're both totally crazy now. But anyway, he's like, Andy, can you help us do this little dinner? So I said, fine. But I said, geez, Gabe, Everybody has to go through a metal detector. And Beyonce and Jay-Z are like, fine, that's great, yeah. So Gooch, I'm like, gets a call, and Gooch is like, I'm just reading the itinerary. It says that, you know, you're making us all go through a metal detector. I'm like, yeah, he said, that's not going to work. I said, well, listen, I'll, let me call my people. I'll see if I can work this out. And then the next call, hey, um, Rick has a posse. I'm like, what's a posse? Like, <laughs> pussy? They've all got replacement so It's, it's, it's going to be a, it's a posse. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he travels with 30 people. Who the fuck wants to travel with him? We need, we need 12 Chevy Suburbans, two Escalades. And I'm like, oh, my God. Okay, great. Like, he's just coming 40 feet away, whatever. So, you know. <laughs> 40 then, feet away. Then, boom, then it happens. It's like, um, we're not going through the metal detector. And I'm like, you have to go through the metal detector. I mean, what are you talking about? We're alleging. We're not. And then Billy calls me. You're ruining everything. What are you doing? And I'm like, what? I don't, he's like, they're canceling on me. I'm like, I, well, they have to go through a metal detector. He's like, Andy, forget the metal detector. I'm like, Billy, what goes on? And I, it's just, you know, so I'm like, Gucci, you got to help me here. We got to meet Gucci. somewhere in the <laughs> metal. I just, just go, and I'm like, why fake can't? metal detector? Yeah. <laughs> Boop. <laughs> Definitely no guns there. <laughs> hey, oh, Gucci's like, I said, why? What's wrong? He's like, Andy, well, 
they all pack. And I'm like, pack? Like a picnic? Like, are they packing lunch? He's like, they don't pack lunch. They pack guns. I'm like, they're bringing guns to a kid party? What goes on? All of them, 30 guys have guns. I'm like, they're not bringing guns. My lawyer's like, Andy, the party's over. Like, I'm like, no, Billy's going to kill me. I, I can't, you know, boom, you know. So I finally got them to leave the guns in the car. They come in, sweaty old Rick gets up there and starts to sing, you know, fuck you, I fucking hate her, or vagina, the pussy. I'm like, oh my God, and the kids are all, yeah, great. And the kids just love it, you know. So he sings this fourth song. Rick's listening. Fourth song, and then one of my assistants like, Andy, we have a problem. Like, what's going on? She's like, oh, Doug. She's gone rogue. Doug just called your neighbor, and um, he heard you were producing Rick Ross, and his team just called, and they booked him around the corner and they're paying him like a hundred grand to perform at the Bowery Ballroom, which is this big place near my loft. And I'm like, that fucker, what? And so all of a sudden, fourth song's over, and Billy's like, yeah, yeah, and all Billy wants. He's like a little kid, you know. He just wants that, he that wants praise, that glory, he wants yeah. that glory. Yeah, he yeah. wants the pictures, and hey, I'm with Rick oof, yeah. and Gooch, you know, whatever, you know, all this posse. <laughs> and guess what? Rick and his little gang got up, I'm like, okay, great. And my staff's like, okay, over here to the green room, you know, everybody's getting, yeah, no, right for the fucking front door. They never even went to the green room, which is a hundred grand, never ate a pink M&M or whatever he ordered, not the African sushi, yeah, nothing got eaten, great, and off they went. And poor Billy was like a little kid who like his balloon popped at the birthday party. Yeah, because they just realized that for them it was just gonna be business, he didn't care. Yeah, but guess what? Got in his little Maserati with the driver and like followed the vans. The, <laughs> wait, wait, he followed Rick Ross. Oh, oh yeah, he's like, please, I I'm just want to have my picture taken. I think he finally got it. I don't know. So I had to put half the party on my black Amex card because oh, I mean, Billy's yeah. like, I, I, you know, and this is, you know, but I was this a say recurring this thing? What's it do? Say it, say it, say it. Go on. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. So, of course, the reason why Billy's in prison is for, you know, a couple of different reasons. But the main one I suffered from, of course, you know, four years before, because there it was, my business partner, like, Andy, he says, you got like 80 grand on your Amex card. Like, Billy needs to pay you. So I'm like, hey, Bill, listen, did you get the invoice? Yeah, 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 I got the invoice. Yeah. Um, I said, Billy, we really need to be paid. Okay, cool. I'll wire you the money. 
So, of course, I'm like, okay, great. Why are you sure. winking at me? Why are you winking at me, Billy? Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck. Jesus. I'm like, okay, great. So, all of a sudden, he's like, yeah, I'll send you a screenshot of the wire confirmation, which, of course, is what he did in fire all the time, which uh, is why he's in prison, because he continually sent fake wires to everybody. What? Because you basically can go, oh, yeah, I need to wire Jamie, you know, Lang, you know, there's $250,000, blah, 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 blah. And you initiate it. And then there's the initiation page. And he takes a picture of that and sends you, like, oh, great. It looks like a confirmation to mm -hmm. me. And it looks like a confirmation to everybody. He's just and then, he's, just, he's cheating his way through the system. Absolutely. And the then time. he'd get on a plane in the Bahamas. He's like, fuck, okay, I've just sent four fake wire transfers. I've got to get back to New York, meet with new investors, and raise another couple million to clear them. What? And this is what he It's like a Ponzi scheme. It's like, like, but it was so a Ponzi stressful. scheme on his, on, with, on his own self. It was yeah, like... Yeah, just building on just, which, which is and the so, worst kind of scheme. Right, and so I'm like, you Billy, can, you know, okay, so you sent me the money. Okay, well, and then he'd say, uh, I'd say, Billy, you know, I have Chase. You have Chase. Like, it's not here. He's like, hold on, let me call the bank. Then he called me back. I, I, I talked to him, but it was Friday, Andy. So then they, it didn't go out until Friday afternoon, so it's actually not going to hit your account until Tuesday instead of Monday. I'm like, oh, okay, fine. And then the next day, my business partner's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, Billy, where's the money? There's no money. He's like, I'll call the bank again, you know. But then somehow he went somewhere and came up with the money and sent it by the end of that week or whatever. But that's what he was doing but, all but, through fire. Okay, but, but Annie, with you... He, what, I, and I should have learned, once again, colorblind. Yeah, like, red no. light, red light. I mean, it was like... <laughs> that would stress me out. Because meeting, like uh, meeting you, I would say that you would like... You're too much of a nice guy. No, but oh, no, nice guys finish last, yeah, let no, me but tell you're, you. But you're also... You, look, you, you've worked with so many different people. You've worked with banks. Well, you know, you understand people, right? Like, I, you, you, you can walk into a room, you understand, you, you understand people. How can you... How can you so misjudge him? Mm. I just want to believe the best in everybody, you know? And I think that that, it's fascinating because I told this story on a, do you guys know Clubhouse, this new platform? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I've done a few- Join me on Wednesdays. <laughs> I don't do it anymore. Hang uh, on. So I'm doing I've it. done a few chats and the founders, <laughs> of, the founders of Clubhouse were like, oh my God, Andy, you're amazing. And you know, we had like, I think you can get 2,000 in a room. But my first one, I got like 1,000 or more in the room. And I'm like, this, this doesn't happen usually. Usually it's kind of a gradual thing. And um, so people were asking me, you know, they get in your room or whatever. And I think they keep their clothes on. You can't see them. But anyway, they're like, you know, can we ask you a question? Sure. And then one fucker last week was like, so Andy, you know, like um, you say all these great things or whatever. And you call Billy an entrepreneur. Like I, you're just as guilty as he is. And, and the whole thing started to twist around. I was like. I had to like calm myself down, but he like just get off it. Yeah, yeah, he. But I was like saying to one of the producers, "Why have you not fucking deleted this guy or like pushed yeah. the eject button?" But they didn't. But he went on to say different things. Like, well, there was one last quick story, which was we were flying from New York down to the Bahamas, and Billy had lost his fucking passport as usual because he's constantly doing stuff like that. And um, we, he knew a passport control guy somewhere in like. Carolinas or something, a small airport. So he's like, we need to fly through North Carolina, <laughs> this teeny airport. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. all you have thing. to do is blow everybody, all the TSA people, and you know. Oh my God. Yeah. It's like Craig, Craig and I crossing the border from Canada into the States. And people like the, all the all the border patrol like. That's you. Like, that's me. Yeah. And no, I'm not sucking your dick. We're like, we're going to retain you here, detain you for a little while. I'm like, I'm not sucking your dick. Like, I got to go. We've done nothing wrong. Well, Wait, you can you step out of the car? No, I'm not getting out of the car. I have a picnic. I'm packing. I don't know. Call Rick Ross. Tell Gucci there's a problem. No. But, but wait, so, you're, so you're, you're flying with him down to the Bahamas. Oh, and so he, so 
we're going to this airport. It's literally like one o'clock in the morning. And that airport had closed at, to, at like 10. And then the airport in the Bahamas closes at like six in the evening. So we have to bribe everybody to get through anywhere. So we're getting off the plane in the Carolinas to like clear customs so we can get over to the Bahamas. And all of a sudden, Billy says, oh my God, I need you to do me a favor. And when I would always travel with like my beautiful blazer on, you know, or my chic little something. So he's like, can you just, and the next thing you know, he's pushing all these wads of money in all my pockets. And he's like, I just need you to walk through because they like you, you know, and then no one's going to frisk you or, you know, but I love it when they frisk me. I always put like change in my pockets at TSA and they're like, and they get pat you down. They're like, I'm going to turn my hands around. Like, you don't have to turn your hands around. Like I'm gay. I haven't had a date in weeks. And they're like, no, whoa, you're freaking me out. Marge, can we get a replacement over here? And I'm like, ring, ring. The alarm's going off because I keep putting change in my pockets. I say, you can touch me there. You, you you're actually, freaking me out. Get the guy through. You actually like metal protectors. I love them. I'm like, oh, my people are avoiding them. I'm like, what's in your pocket? I don't know. I'm not you touch it. Yeah, so Billy fills all my pockets with money. And I'm like, what is going on? So I'm probably got like 20 or 30 grand in my pockets. And I'm like, I said, Billy, what is this? He's like, we need to pay the employees. And I said, I get it. Because we were playing, most of our employees in the Bahamas don't have a bank account. They don't have a time card. You know, they just arrive every morning. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, we need this money to pay employees. I'm not like calling Pablo to get my new stash. I'm not like, this is legitimate, like bringing money down to pay people. So yeah. it's fine with it, you know. So I tell the story on Clubhouse, this fucking guy, like, and so you're like, you're bringing money through, you're you're just as corrupt as Billy. I'm like, who is this guy? Someone push a button, who is yeah, this guy? But, but and it shook me up and I was like, I said, you're in our industry. Like he works with music festivals and producing world tours. Like, have you ever left the country and gone anywhere where you need to get money, you need to do something? Well, you'd legitimately open up bank accounts and foreign companies. I'm like, fuck you. Listen, like, have you ever done an event in Mexico? Like, and I go down there, I'm like, oh yeah, I rented a hotel. And two, it, months, two months later, I get back, I'm like, we're here for the event. And like, we don't have your reservation. It's, it's reminding like, me Are of you doing my reservation? I have a thousand people coming. But then you slipped on an envelope with 10 grand. They're like, yeah, it's my like, God, uh, you're the presidential suite. I'm like, my God, that's how the world works. Like, and this yeah, guy's get, like, get oh, you're a Greek with Russell Brand and where, oh. he, where he slips, he has to put the stuff up his ass going through. Uh, oh, doesn't that feel cool? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, no, great. But I think, but Annie, what's going to happen is, but I think that's the, you know, that's the way in life, right? You're gonna have, you're gonna have haters. haters you're gonna, yeah. yeah, of course you are. And, and also, you know, it is one of the things, I think with that guy, Billy, you know, he's a master ma manipulator, right? He's a, is he still in prison now? Yeah. But then, like, then there was this was whole- Was he having a good time? Then there's this whole thing where he tried to like set up NYC, something else, oh, like after mm, Fire Festival and all this Selling stuff. tickets to anything you couldn't buy a ticket but, for. But was he, was he, I mean, look, he, he's just an entrepreneur. Mm, but yeah, anyway. He, yeah, but he, but you know, with this guy, but he, you know, he's in prison, uh, all this kind of stuff. Was he actually, did he actually have a plan to try and make the best festival and he just got caught up in it all? Absolutely. Yeah, see, I mean. Totally, it just grew bigger than he ever could even like mm. fathom. He couldn't control it. It got too out of control. And you know, there's no excuse for that. You have to then reassess, you know, and I blame myself at times where I say, I could have stopped the whole thing after week two and just said, everybody go home. Like, Billy, we're having a meeting. And this is when I now talk to people in our industry who are hosting festivals and who are hosting large events, and you get these crazy clients that are like, I want to have it fly everybody to the moon. Well, they're doing that fucking Branson anyway, but then, hmm. and it's whatever. And, but, yeah, um, but it's true, but, yeah, but, like, but like, they want to do all these things. And you're like, no, you just have to manage expectations. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And then I say to, to people in the industry, sometimes you have to fire your client. Sometimes you say, you know what? We're three weeks out. 
everything you're asking for cannot happen. Mm-hmm. And now it's my brand that's going to be damaged and your brand. But you're not being realistic. And that's the time. I don't care. This is what we want. This is how we want to have it. And you're like, okay, guess what? We're done. Yeah. And you walk away and they're like, they call back in five minutes. Please come back in, okay? Let's just talk this through. And then you just say, listen, you are not doing X, Y, Z. This is, let's keep this controllable. Let's make it what we can. It will be fantastic. But as you said, managing expectations is so managing, important. I listened to this podcast once, which was um, about the guy who set up all the Apple stores in America. And he brought Steve Jobs down uh, like five days before they were all opening. And Steve said, yeah. And, he, and the guy who was opening said, I don't like them. And Steve just says, well, let's not open them. Let's change it. And it, always the thing is that people think, oh, God, we just got to do it. But actually, if something isn't right, if it's going to damage the brand, if it's not good, just don't do it. I think it's very easy when something's so public because yeah. they would had so many influences behind it. You just like, oh, it has to happen now. You're yeah. kind of forced. I think it's, you, it's the pressure, right? It builds mm. up. Annie, listen, we could sit and talk to you for, oh my God. for hours and hours <laughs> and hours. I've, I've, I've had a lot of fun. I, I had hope so, you guys Honestly, too. we had the, the, your, your storytelling is something to behold in the most <laughs> fabulous way. It really is. And I just love the fact that your honesty and all these different things. And, um, and listen, you're, I love the idea of sustainability. You're focusing on that. You got, you know, you're doing all these things right now, which yep. is just... It was a meeting show with Isla, which is very exciting. So yeah. um, we're going to be trying to get as many event planners to sign up as possible to really like learn what does it take and how do you host as close to zero waste events as possible. And this is really coming out of COVID what the world should be doing. I'd you actually know like to sign up to that. Yeah, let's yeah. Okay, up. good. Let's do it. Well, Alex, we're going to figure out, yeah, we'll, t- we'll tell everybody. Sign me up. Yeah, put your hand up. <laughs> yeah, he's there. A, you go. Yeah. Right here. But, but Annie, you know, we want to follow you. We can follow you on social media. Tom. Yes, real Andy King. Yeah. Um, and I think that's sort of one of the goals too. Is that um, I do a lot of podcasts to try to increase my followers. And one of the things that we're trying to accomplish is just trying to spread love and just love that and spread positivity. You know, I mean, there's so much negativity and uh, and with social media, it's just it can be cruel. And I think that it's important to be able to make. People feel better. We get messages every day from people just saying, you know, and some of our posts can be so simple of cooking something or in the garden or working on something sustainable. And they just say, nothing makes me happier to see your post and brings mm-hmm. a smile to my face. So I think it's important. But I want to thank you guys for letting me come Are you today. kidding me, Annie? No, thank you so much. Listen, it's been an absolute pleasure. We're huge fans. Um, I think all the listeners are gonna love the documentary. And then hearing you in person, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing, your stories. Listen, buddy, what we like to do at the end of the podcast, though, is leave our listeners with something inspirational. Something inspirational. Anything you want. Mm. Don't fuss. Don't come. <laughs> Don't come. Don't come. Oh, my word. I mean, something, something inspirational. I wake up every day saying, you know, as we touched on earlier, what do you want your legacy to be? You know, and I want people to say that Andy King made the world a better place. And... I think we all should have that mantra. Love that. Annie King, thank you so much, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye! See, that's how you bookend it. Oh, you just in (laughs) Guantanamo Bay. That was... Guantanamo Bay. (laughs) Prison. (laughs) What is your obsession with prisons? Um... No, that was fire. Festival. If you've never heard it, that was fire. How do you spell fire? Fire. <laughs> fire. Fire. <laughs> fire you, in the hole. How do you spell it? <laughs> you spell it. Which one? The fest or the actual? Fire. The one in my heart. Which one? Which one? <laughs> the one in your heart. <laughs> F. I. I.
I R E. It's fire. <laughs> That's far. Far. <laughs> That's too far. <laughs> Where's the local, local petrol station? Or oh, it's far. <laughs> yeah. So the local petrol. Is that, is that when you stop off? You stop off in the middle of nowhere, and you're low on petrol, and you ask someone. You, <laughs> wait, wait, you're stopping off in the middle of nowhere. Who are you asking? Man on the side of the <laughs> curb. There's a man. What, you see, you've There's a curb in the middle of nowhere. You've, you've never asked had, a man. You've never had to ask someone for directions. In the yeah, but not to the nearest petrol station. Ball, I have. So ball, ball, I have. I said, I ha- well, I have. You need to get your ears. Cleaned. All right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the episode with Andy King on Fire Festival. It was a rebroadcast for you. Um, but don't worry, we have uh, our Friday episode as well coming out with Roxy Nafuzi. So don't forget, please join our Patreon page. It's ad free and it also has way more content if you would like it. It doesn't cost anything at all. Well, it costs a little bit, <laughs> but not much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Western. Yeah. All right, everybody. We're going to see you on Friday for another episode. Until then, have a great day. Bye.